throws the snap, looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! There is no off-season for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All Access. Yes, it is. Happy Monday, everybody. And a beautiful day from the city of Houston. We're past the middle of May. State's starting to open up. Good things, hopefully, on the horizon. Welcome into Texans All Access. I am your host from still my domicile, John Harris, football analyst, a salary reporter, and I am joined by the voice of the Texans in his location. I still think he is at home. It's Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you? Did you have a great uh, weekend? Yeah, I'm actually uh, in Antarctica because it's cooler there. <laughs> yeah. here. No, I'm really not. I'm at that. home, and it's wonderful, and... Uh, I love what Abbott said today. I know uh, we're we're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. And uh, maybe we never really get all the way there. Who knows what's going to go down. But this is cool. And pro pro sports are allowed in the state of Texas in some form or fashion in the month of June. So that's great, Johnny. Yeah, you're you're right. And, I mean, as we have have said many, many times on this show and draft show and during a draft and – uh, anything we write, it almost feels like you have to couch what all we say with, look, we understand what's going on. We know what's going on. There are a lot of people still suffering from what's going on. So we, we get it. We know our, we know our place and we know what we need to be doing. Um, but we're hired to talk about football, talk about the Texans. And that is what we plan to do. But that was, that was some, some good information. I know there are probably some people saying, did you see this report? Did you see that report? You know what? I've gotten to where I don't even know which report to, to even listen to, read, believe. I I don't I don't know uh, where where I really stand on all that. I just <laughs> if the governor of my state says, "Hey, you can do this, you can do that," but let's do this, let's do that, and then obviously apply some common sense to it. I'm all for it, and I'm all about it. Let's do it safely. You know, let's, yeah. do, let's do things one step at a time safely. We can't do uh, what we're going to do a month from now today, so let's do whatever we can today and keep it safe and keep moving forward. I mean, I think that um, – I mean, I know there's a lot of disagreement about how to approach this. That's my biggest disappointment here is that we don't really – you don't really know what the goal line is, right, Johnny? It's like, yeah, exactly. okay, you're driving across the 50-yard line, but where is the end zone? Is it 50 yards away? Is it 60 yards away? Is it 30 yards? Where Where's the goal line? And what what's the shape of the goal line? Is it yeah. a straight line or is it sort of <laughs> an amoeba-like bending line that changes form? Because I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, not. based on based on everything we've been told, there is no, no one can tell me what the real goal is other than complete eradication vaccine that would work 100%. Other than that, I get that. But that's right. not a that, – that goal line is not 50 yards away. It's – a thousand yards away, maybe, and I don't know if we ever get to it. So let's yep. just hope for the best. I love that they're making progress. Some companies are making progress with vaccines and everything. Great, yep. uh, whatever we can do to get back, because we we saw, bun, what is it, Bundesliga, 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 yeah. playing over the weekend, and uh, I watched it. You know, I watched it without yeah. fans. I watched some of it. It was very weird, but it was soccer. You know, and I'm not right. a big soccer viewer anyway, but it, it was on, and I thought. Well, if football were like this, you know, I'd be watching it. So let's go. 
Yeah, I I tuned I tuned into that for a little while, and I can't remember who scored. Who I can't remember it was who the, the yellow team, the yellow right? team. Yeah, I just know it was the <laughs> yellow team. I know my Premier League team's a little better than I know Bundesliga, which yeah. my my nephew would be very very disappointed with me because he is absolutely and completely fluent in German, and oh he gosh. was absolutely and completely fluent in German by ninth grade. It was amazing. Uh, he went to Germany. He spent a year in college, uh, or I mean a, a semester in college. Going over to Germany, can speak it completely. And, and so he has Bundesliga teams, Premier League teams. But it was just good to see sports again, to see competition yep. again. And hopefully we are going to get to a point where we can put butts in seats and people can get back in there. And I think that's the one thing as as I, you know, this this weekend is I would kind of float through YouTube or, you know, NFL.com or whatever and, and pull up a game and watch it. And you just, it's so interesting to watch it. It's almost like it, on, on a different level, but somewhat the same. When you watch a game and you're like, man, look at all these people. Oh, I know what I did. Yesterday, uh, I got up and for some reason when I got when I got up, I went to just check what was on. Nothing was really on. I was like, all right, we're on. So I went to NFL.com and I have the game pass. And so one of the games that popped up was a replay of our wild card, wild card win over the Bills. Ooh. So uh, typically, and, and you know, Mark, I, I will get the, the game copy, all 22, and the end zone view, and I'll watch that. And I'll watch the the um, the sped-up copy, which cuts out all the commercials, which I absolutely love. But for some reason, I, I just had the TV copy with no commercials and just watched, like, from J.J. Sack on. And it was really awesome to watch. Yeah. It was really cool to watch. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, look at all those people clustered together. Oh, my gosh, yeah. look at these guys celebrating. Holy yeah. cow. Um, you know, look at these guys all run up and hug Deshaun, you know. It I mean, so forbidden. Yes. Like all these things that over the last couple yeah. of months that we have not been able to do, I watched that and go, man, that was, that was the beginning of this year. That was at the beginning of this year. Yeah. And then you're watching a game in Germany in soccer, and he's the guy scores, and it's just like, yay, all right. And I don't know. So it's anyways. very different. This is going to be different. one gigantic asterisk, maybe. Assuming we can get back to normal, yeah, uh, at some point soon, and maybe it's day one. I don't know, but if it's not day one, it, it is going to be really weird to look back in ten years, yeah. assuming we're all back together. And see what this era, what this mini, and I hope it's very mini, mini era was like in sports, yeah. was like in life, of course, and, and the long-lasting effects. Uh, the the sound in the stadium, it was echoing. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they had the PA going. They were playing whatever they were playing. I think they played some songs after they scored and things like that or whatever whatever they were doing. Yeah. But it was, it was bouncing all over the place. And, you know, you and I talked about this on Friday that, I, you know, I really don't want to see crowd noise pumped into the audio of the broadcast. I don't mind it in the stadium. Not necessarily crowd noise, but music and stingers and things like that. I, I don't mind yeah, yeah. it in the stadium. I just don't want it pumped in the, into the game audio. Right. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to come to that. You know, maybe by maybe by two and a half months from now we're thinking, all right, we can, we can get some fans in here. You know, right. socially distanced or whatever, however it would look like. We get some fans in here and get some real noise. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be would be very cool, and we've made a lot of progress. Uh, there's still a lot of progress to be made, but you know, you mentioned you know the goal line moving. Is it 50 yards away? Is it 100 yards away? Yeah. Like, where is it? And in all honesty, the best thing you can do is just keep getting first downs, baby. That's, <laughs> That's the right. best keep, thing you can do. Right. Well, just you know, I like first it downs. To, uh, 
Uh, that, that reminds me, that's why I tell people who are searching for a job, you know, and a, and a lot of people are right now, of course, or, or, you know, anything in sales or job search where you have to get through this massive pile of whatever you want to call it, rock or whatever substance you can metaphorically imagine, and you don't know where the other side is, and you just keep chipping away, and yeah. eventually you'll hit your goal. You don't know if it's going to be 100 yards through that thing or, or if it's going to be just a foot away. Right. But you got to keep chipping away, and that's what we have to do here. Keep chipping away at this thing, and, and maybe you know there's a breakthrough, there's a vaccine. We wake up one day and think, oh my gosh, if you if you mix, you know, ibuprofen. Well, that actually was not a good idea, I guess, early on, and I, that that disappeared. I don't know what happened to that information, but you know, if you mix vitamin C with uh, with dog food, you're good to go. I don't know if people would want to do that. No, I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll find something. Who knows? What would oh. That brings up a really interesting question. <laughs> What'd you be willing to do? <laughs> what what vaccine would you not be willing to take? What like, what, what do you mean? There's what so, vaccine? Like you said, dog food. I'm like, you oh, know, I would I, I oh. serve up the Purina if it gets us back to work, and I only have to <laughs> yeah, take it once, true. especially. I'll, I'll be like, hello, Alpo, made with no, not a speck of cereal, everybody. Let's go, <laughs> let's go back to work, get the world going again. Oh man, they're. they're I want the world going again, but man, there there might just be some places. I mean, I would have to. I would have yeah, to. Draw I, that I, could, I could have thought of something a lot better. I don't know. I was blanking <laughs> out, Johnny. I was blanking no, out. No, dog, dog food came to mind. I was like, oh god, no. Like, oh, what dog food? All right, later in the show, Mark and I are going to do gut reaction, NFL rules changes. Now, this was to be the week that the NFL owners were going to meet out in Marina del Rey, aka Los Angeles to discuss various rules changes that they couldn't discuss at the owners' meetings that were going to happen in March. I believe this is going to be all, all be done virtually. I came up with, uh, let's see, eight, at least eight rules changes, mm. some not changes, some staying the same, some different things, that I'm going to throw at Mark and get his gut reaction. But, Mark, I think to start the show, of course, starting the show eight minutes in, <laughs> last night, was the finish of the last dance yeah and it was a it was a tremendous documentary and i know obviously for some people there'll be some controversy about jordan and how you know jordan went about his way and you know jerry Krause maybe didn't get his just due uh maybe they needed to to uh expand upon the jerry Krause situation maybe give him a little bit more kudos for what he did and obviously he has passed away so he wasn't there to defend for himself so anyhow but to me, one of the stories in episodes 9 and 10 was the one of Steve Kerr. Now, I, you know what? Spoiler alert, not spoiler alert. This one has been out there for a long time. Steve Kerr lost his dad. He was assassinated as he was the president of American University over in Beirut. Right. And lost his dad early. And I really didn't put two and two together last night until Steve Kerr was being interviewed. And you can hear the producer, uh, director, Jason Hier, ask him, did you and Michael ever talk about your father's situations? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about that. And they spent a lot of time on Steve Kerr, and for good reason, because Kerr ended up making a number of big shots, showing up in big moments, one of those being uh, 1998 Eastern Conference Finals Game 6. He hit some big shots against the Indiana Pacers uh, in a game that Michael only had 29, but Steve Kerr was a huge part of that. I think he had 11 points, and he made every big shot imaginable. Uh, and there was one where they were down three, and he had a three to tie it. And the Pacers all said, Reggie Miller talked about it, said that was the one that really, that that killed it. That killed our spirit because he misses that. We go down and go up five. 
We win that. The Bulls don't win that championship. And it got me thinking, Mark, as I watched that. They spent some time on Kerr, and I was glad they did. That team had Jordan. That team had Pippen. They were the stars. We all knew about Rodman. But Steve Kerr was one of the better – he was one of the better unsung heroes for championship teams, like a consistent guy that was a was an unsung hero. And so it got me thinking, who – for Texans teams or championship teams, would you say falls into the Steve Kerr unsung hero class? Well, I came I'm, up with a few, but I want to hear what you have to say. First. Well, I've got the ultimate one, the ultimate Texans unsung hero. And, you know, as I say unsung, he sung for a big moment. So you can probably already guess who I'm talking about. But he was so unsung for so long to the point where it sort of angered a lot of the pundits about why they wouldn't upgrade at his position. And I'm talking about Kevin Walter. Because ah, Kevin Walter, good. and remember, Walter leaves and then they draft DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yeah. And, you know, so they upgraded there in terms of, I mean, you know, clearly, you know, no offense to Kevin, he would be the first to admit, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins upgrade over me. But Walter was so good at what he did as a blocker, as a teammate, as, I mean, do you, how much do you think Bill O'Brien's crew would love to have a guy oh, like God. Kevin Walter on yes. their team? I mean, he is like the epitome of what they're looking for in terms of the locker room and the presence and the practice. Love to practice. Gave it his all in practice. And here is a player who knew that if he didn't do all those things, you know, he's one step to being out of the league. You know, it's not yeah. like, you know, he's a first-round draft pick and, you know, and he's, and he's got he, – he's a talented – everybody in the NFL is talented. But he doesn't have Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins talent, okay? Right. He, know, he knew he had to put it out there every single day. He caught – I still say it's probably the most important touchdown in the history of the franchise. You know, it's, it's certainly yeah. one of them. It's debatable. The one against Cincinnati in the playoff clincher or the division clincher in 2011 but that was it i mean that was the big moment there weren't too many other really huge moments but he was on the field for so many and he was a great blocker downfield arian ran for all those yards arian would probably say really good things about walter spring and blocks downfield and when i say the pundits always wanted to upgrade that position they kind of did because it wasn't like there was there were just buckets of catches uh but he did the little things and everyone you know sort of got upset like where are those little things? We don't see those on the stat sheet. Well, the coaches saw them, and he right. was part of some really good teams. I think when it comes to stats, it's interesting because I've said, I've said this often. If you can't quantify it, then people are unable a lot of times to discern, is it good, is it bad? And they it like, well, wait a second. How do, I, how, do, how do I determine how good he is as a run blocker? Well, uh, you can watch. And see, yeah, yeah, but but you, you can't you can't quantify that. So I can't tell you. Well, yeah, you have to sit there and watch and see. And I think Kevin did a lot of those things that were not quantifiable. And and so that that's a good one. The the one that I came up with, and I think offensive linemen are very often underrated. They're often unsung heroes. But I think for the Texans because the offensive line had not been great for a long time, that when the offensive line became great, it was like, oh, my God, look, at Dwayne Brown is turning into a pro bowler. And Eric Winston, uh, from the knee injury that he had at University of Miami, he's really turning into a big-time tackle. I felt like there was one guy that didn't really get talked about in that. You know, Chester obviously was so good with the media, so he was always a, you know kind of a darling. But I always feel like Mike Brizell never really got the credit for which – he was due, and I and I think that offensive line would have 
been good without him, but I think he gave it just a little different a little different flavor to it. He was a tough guy that played through some stuff, man. He was, to me, as unsung as it gets, and obviously offensive linemen are always unsung, but I feel like, you know, with Wade going to a Pro Bowl, Dwayne went to a Pro Bowl, Chris went to a Pro Bowl, Winston was very well known. I felt like Mike was that guy that just didn't get a lot of credit for the value that he that he brought to the team. So, from a Texas perspective, that was that was one that uh, that was one that really stood out to me as another unsung hero. Okay, you got another one. I'll give you one from the the current crop, and we do talk about him from time to time. But and he tends to show he tends to show up around the football. Angelo Blackson mm-hmm. is a player who yep. is on that D line, and you know we all know his story. Fourth round draft choice from the Tennessee Titans, who just didn't work out there for him ends up here gets a second contract here and you know he's just one of those guys you know I think DJ Dunny is kind of along those lines now Dunny has the clubhouse DJ title and you know he's a great interview and all that but in some ways he's unsung I love players like this who you know he's been on a practice squad seven times in his career now think about that for a moment seven times He's been on a practice squad. Now, sometimes with the same squad, the Giants, the Texans, a couple of times each, you know, but eventually catches on as a you know, contributor, you know, uh, relative full-time. I can't call him a starter full-time. One year he started 10 games, but he's in there a lot, and yeah. he's back. You know, they made sure he's coming back this year. But those guys, you know, the, you know we talk about the middle class, but they, they fall into that unsung category, I think. On a championship team. Steve Kerr was obviously a big one. Is there any more uh, well-known unsung hero than Big Shot Bob Robert Ory? Yeah, but he's so he's so unsung that he's sung. You know what yeah. I mean? That they write songs about him. He's so unsung because yeah. of all the big shots. I mean, yeah. that was you know in the O's uh, a big. And when I was doing a lot of shows on Sports Radio six ten. You want the phones to ring and start talking about Ori Hall of Famer or not, you know? Like, I always thought, okay, he deserves his own little spot in the Hall of Fame like an exhibit, but (laughs) not an induction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He doesn't doesn't deserve enshrinement necessarily, but he certainly deserves recognition because there's a difference. I'll give you one. And he actually made all-star teams, but... I don't know that he ever was really truly appreciated for what he did for the Pistons in the early O's. And that was Rip Hamilton. Wow. Now that's put it's pushing it a little bit because I think he did good all star he did good all star games. Yeah, and and he he was on a championship team. But he was a he was a rare guy in that he was overshadowed by Chauncey Billups. He was overshadowed by guys that maybe didn't score as much. But we're elite at some of the other things. I mean, you had Ben Wallace. You had Rasheed Wallace. You know, Ben Wallace was such an elite rebounder. She did pretty much anything. And Rip just kind of quietly just scored. But right. Really, he just scored. And he was kind of a rare guy that didn't probably get enough credit for being, A, as tough as he was, and, B, the amount of times he had to score for that team that really couldn't. That was really not a team with Larry Brown leading the way. That scored a ton of points, and well, Rip of, was the guy that had to do it. 
Johnny, that that whole team was unsung. I mean, and Larry Brown to me was the most celebrated personality on that basketball or in that basketball yeah. organization. Really, right. it's Larry Brown winning his title, yeah. and he's you know we, we that debate goes on who's the greatest NBA coach ever. It's not look, it's not Larry Brown, but Larry Brown's up there considering what he did with so many different teams and the yeah. way he was able to college to get yeah, to get teams to go beyond what you would think they could do. It's funny how all three Pistons championship teams, different eras between the first two and the last one, but the, none of them have players that you would say this guy was the greatest of all time or among the great. You know, Isaiah is among the greatest point guards, and Jordan said in the show that he's the second best he's ever seen. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to go there, but, you know, he's certainly in the conversation for that kind of. God, I hated Isaiah. Hated I know, Everybody hated I couldn't, all I of just, them. I couldn't stand. I mean, I couldn't stand them. I mean, Who's the most unsung, most unsung Super Bowl team, uh, as far as that kind of thing goes, is it? Uh, it it's not the Buccaneers because the D line was flashy with Warren Sapp. Yeah, it's not the Ravens, the first in, installment with Definitely Dilfer. Not, no. Uh, Definitely not. Is, is it one of those Redskins teams, like the Rippin' Redskins, or something like that? Or it could be. I, yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you one. I'll give okay. you one. Now, uh, it's it's kind of. It's kind of stretching the boundaries a little bit, but they did have Drew Brees. But that 9 Saints team, mm. and I don't know, some of that gets lost in the history too because they had the whole bounty, you know, the the uh, bounty, bounty gate, gate and all that yeah. that went with it. But um, that you know, there's the first thing you got to do is come up with which team won a Super Bowl with just an okay quarterback. I'll give you one. Now he okay. ended, he's going to end up being one of the greats. And has, and in fact, there was news about him today because he posted a video. Mm-hmm. And that's Ben Roethlisberger when he was a second-year quarterback yeah. for the 2005 Steelers. Yeah, but you know what? They went 15-1 and one his rookie year yeah, when he true. did win the Super Bowl. And so you mm-hmm. felt like a star is born, and that was his second year he's in the Super Bowl. You felt like a lot of Super Bowls are coming, and it is the Steelers. Johnny, the Eagles. I mean, Nick Foles taking the Eagles. That's yeah. a very unsung kind of team. You know? yeah, that's true. I mean, 10 have... years from now, not too many people are going to be able to name too many Eagles from You're that right. squad. Yeah, that's a good The Eagles is a good one. Maybe, a... less than, maybe less than any team in the last 20 years as far as, like, what, what is the lasting brand name recognition as far as the athletes who won this Super Bowl? They're going to be right in the – they'll probably lead the way. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's, that's a good point. Now, that 05 Steelers team barely made the playoffs. Barely. But because in 04 they were so good, and then again they won it in 08, and because the quarterback is Roethlisberger, the long-held story will be, well, you know, Roethlisberger – no, Roethlisberger actually sort of held them back. <laughs> he in had a horrible Super Bowl yeah. Uh, yeah. against the Seattle Seahawks, and, of course, um, they, got, they got a little bit of a gift in that. But uh, you, you know what? That Eagles, that's a, that's, a really, that's a really good one, especially when Wentz goes down. And I was watching that the other day. The um, there was like a thirty minute, um, I think it was kind of the the do your job Philadelphia Eagles version where they talked to the coaches about key plays and key moments in the season and yeah. things that they did and it was re- it was really really good so I was going back and reliving all that. I, I you forget when Wentz went out they were an underdog the entire rest of the way, the entire yeah. rest of the way, and ended up winning that Super Bowl so I think it definitely definitely goes to your point. Okay, we get back. It's gut. Reaction. I'm going to throw some NFL possible, possible NFL rules changes 
Whether I agree with it or not, I'm going to throw it at Mark and see what his gut reaction will be. We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. Yes, do it. Add that app. Add that app. Put it on HoustonTexans.com. Uh, make sure you get the app from the App Store, whatever App Store, whatever iOS, Windows, whatever you use, Android. I don't even know. I use iOS. I use Apple, so I don't even know how to speak y'all's language. But uh, go get it. Just go get it and put it on your phone, device, whatever device you use, and you'll be all set. John Harris here. Mark Vandermeer there. And Mark and I have done this segment called Gut Reaction for a while. It's pretty simple. I just have a statement. I put it in front of Mark, and I get his reaction to it. Well, I thought today as I was as I was having my run, I got to thinking about I don't know why, I got to thinking about the 2-minute warning and how the NFL has it but the co- colleges didn't and then I started thinking about different things that the NFL has and college doesn't, college has that the NFL doesn't. And it's kind of going back and forth on all that. I was like, "Hmm, okay. I know what I want to do tonight. We call it gut reaction, NFL rules changes." Mark Vandermeer, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So here's number one. Now, this one I am a staunch, staunch believer in. Your gut reaction to this rule change. Now, I will say that not all these have been proposed by the by NFL teams. <laughs> these are that have I have proposed. Okay. I think this one solves a lot of issues. Offensive fumble goes either to the defense or back to the offense at the spot of the fumble. No advancement. Of a fumble by the offense. The offense should not benefit from a forward fumble. Likewise, no touchback on a fumble through the end zone. The defense must recover it to take over. Your gut reaction to that. All right, so, but let's say I'm on the five-yard line, and, okay. and it's first to go from the five, and I'm running in, and I fumble at the four, and it goes out of the back of the end zone. Where am I getting the ball? Get the ball the back offense. at the four. I get the ball back at the four at the yep. spot of the fumble. At the spot of the fumble. I'll take it. That's a good one. But, but, so I can't advance a fumble. It, it is a weird fumble. rule. The back of the end zone thing is weird because you're not allowed to advance a fumble, right? True. So, you know, there's no holy roller, the Kenny Stabler right. Chargers thing. So people are like, what? Uh, <laughs> I'll so, give you where this, I'll tell you where this one comes from. Okay. I'll tell you where, if you, people don't know where this comes from, my theory on this, first of all, I think the fumble through the, the, the back of the end zone or the, the sideline in the end zone being a touchback I think is ridiculous. And I play defense, and I think that rule is ridiculous. Where this comes from is back in 2017, we were at Seattle, and Russell Wilson went back to pass. It was a third down play, and Clowney hit Russell Wilson's arm. And when he hit his arm, the ball actually came out of his hand, and it came out like kind of a pseudo-spiral. Right. So it hit the ground, and it bounced forward. Well, everybody saw Wilson's arm go forward, and all but two players stopped. And it was Andre Howe, and it was um, Luke Wilson, the tight end. Well, Wilson ran over and got on top of it. The officials initially ruled incomplete pass. They came out to kick a field goal. Pete Carroll challenged it and won the challenge that it was a fumble, 
And when Wilson got on it, it made it a first down. They scored a touchdown a few plays later. There's no way that a fumble should benefit the offense. Yeah. I'm with you. Never should happen. I'm with you. But let's say this, though, Johnny. Let's say a Texan fell on it. So it's okay that it went forward. You just get it where you recover it. You get it where you recover it. Okay. You get it where you recover it. I remember that play because I was – and I think I talked about, because it was a year before at that time, the thrumble from Osweiler in Denver. And I was saying, if that was a fumble, how is this not one? Right. I don't know. I felt that way at the time. And it ended up, and you were right. And, and I was right. And I was right. right. Yeah, because I wanted it to be an incomplete pass, but it, we, yeah, okay. We all, all did. Right. It cost us four points. Darn it. It cost us four points. But under this rule, mm-hmm. the Seahawks did recover it. So the Seahawks would maintain possession, but it would go back to where the ball was fumbled. Where the ball was initially fumbled. So the Seahawks gotcha. would still get the ball, but it would go back to where Russell Wilson was initially hit and fumbled. The defense should not lose out, and the offense should not benefit. So that's my first one. Okay. Okay. You remember week 17, late in the game, Titans, I think, had a seven-point lead, and it was in the fourth quarter, and they were trying to run clock. So they did that garbage thing with Wesley Woodyard where he jumped offside purposely, and then they ran a delay a game, and they were able to do it. I call that the Vrabel slash Belichick rule. Yep. That is completely and totally illegal. It's a 15-yard penalty if you are caught because it is a uh, sort of um, – It's gamesmanship. Yeah, it's gamesmanship, but it needs to go away. It's completely gone if you're caught doing it. It's a 15-yard penalty for you. Not the spirit of competition, yes. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Didn't he do it against the Patriots too, Yeah, he did it against the Patriots. The Patriots were the first one to do it. And then Vrabel did it against us. He had done it, I think, the week before. But then he did it against the Patriots, and Belichick lost his mind. It was I, I actually kind of like that, funny. though. It that, was kind of funny. Within the rule, rules, he made Belichick lose his mind. I do like that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, number four. We are adding a Sky Judge. Mm-hmm. Sky Judge has 10 seconds to report an egregious foul. No replay. If it's missed and he catches it, or she catches it, they – they rule down, hey, you missed a face mask. It's a 15-yard penalty. Boom. There's no review. Whatever the sky judge says goes, your gut reaction. Wait a minute, though. He has 10 seconds to stop the game and then look at it, correct? Nope. You're not. Nope. Oh, he's got to make the decision in 10 You've got to make the decision in 10 And this That's is why I say work. that. This is why I say that. Because the word egregious. Yeah. Because when we have had situations – like, first of all, go back to the playoff game against the Colts after the 18 season. Deshaun's face mask, it, it's so evident to so everybody obvious. but yeah. somebody in a striped shirt. It was so obvious. When Deshaun got up, he's going. He goes over to him. He gives him the signal of face mask. Well, in those 10 seconds, the sky judge ought to be able to figure out, oh, yeah, that was a penalty. Be- beeps him down, says, yeah, that was a 15-yard face mask. You guys missed it. Okay. Let's give him the 15-yard face mask. So, no review, no challenge. The Sky Judge has 10 seconds to come up with that. Your thoughts? Gut reaction? I think he still needs a chance to look at a replay and determine whether he's right. Because sometimes things look a certain way to the naked eye. What if he says, ah, egregious foul, and then he looks at it like, ooh, 
ooh, as I look at this, it doesn't quite look as bad as I thought. You have to have an escape for him if he actually did make a bad call, if he stopped the game incorrectly and made a bad call. And, look, I hate this guy judge for this. I don't want the game stopped every other play, yeah, right? Because he's going to feel like, i got to correct this, i got to correct that. That's why I didn't mind the challenge so much because at least it puts the onus on the coaches. They're going to be very conservative with it in all likelihood, and it's not going to stop the game as often. Now, as it turned out, the rule didn't work because with pass interference because they weren't overturning anything. No calls were just not getting overturned, as we saw. I don't know what the solution is. I, I'm not here to say I have a solution right now. I do think a sky judge is a solution, but you have to limit the amount of times he can stop the game, and you have to give him a chance to at least look it over. Not for a long time. Sometimes in the NBA, they're looking at this stuff forever. Yeah. If a guy's toe is on the line or not in the third quarter, and like, oh, by the way, that happened five minutes ago, so it's a three and not a two. Wait a minute, or a two and not a three, whatever the case yeah. is. Like the, or the Rockets protest when, what was it? Oh, the Harden goal call. Yeah, the, didn't a dunk go through and then come back out? It went down and came back yeah. out. Yeah, something that something. Yeah, and they were like, you know, we lost a game because of that. Wait a minute, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> I don't like changing history. Okay, and yeah. I've I've been vocal about that in NBA games, but in the NFL, Johnny, I, no, I say no to that proposal. I okay. I need more tweaking to it than that. Right. Sorry, don't have all okay. the answers right now. Okay, so here's a wild one. Okay, we are taking away. The two-minute warning, but in the final two minutes, the NFL will go to college clock rules in that the clock will stop for five seconds like it did in the XFL for a first down. Well, I like that a lot, and I've actually talked to Bill O'Brien about would you go for, in the final two minutes of a game, the clock stopping on first downs till the chains are set, right? Yeah, uh, he said yes. He would go for that, and I think a lot of coaches would. Yeah. Because here's the thing: if you're trying to kill clock, well, you just wait, you know, and right. snap it. You'll wait till the clock fires up, and you know, it's not going to hurt you from killing the clock. If you're behind and you're trying to catch up, it will help you for sure. There's no doubt about that. Getting rid of the two-minute warning, the networks will never go for that because you need that commercial. Ah, so point. you can leave the two-minute warning in. See, I always take it back to business, Johnny. You leave the two-minute warning and you do your clock idea anyway, and I'm down with it. I know okay. it makes the game a little bit longer, but it makes it more exciting. And, by the way, are we going to talk about the 4th and 15 or no? Oh, it's, it's coming up next. You're good. Okay. But I have a quick one before that. Okay. Third quarterback on the team is active. At all times. Suits up, but cannot play in the game in any way, form, or fashion unless there are documented injuries to the first two quarterbacks. Doesn't count against your 46 man or whatever it's going to be. I know we're eventually going to go to where we have the eighth lineman uh, active. I say we do it for quarterbacks. Third quarterback active at all times, but only can get on the field and play if there are documented injuries to the first two quarterbacks. All right, so my third quarterback's in the game. My first quarterback could possibly play if he has a walker. So <laughs> if the third quarterback gets hurt, can the first one come back, or is it like baseball where the pitchers are done for the day? Once you get to the third, third, once you get to the third quarterback, it's the third quarterback. Uh, once you, you put know, that third quarterback in the game, that third quarterback's playing the rest of the game. 
you know, I'll say fine. I, look, I think everybody should be active. You know how I feel. Yeah, if I you know. have a 53-man roster, let everybody be active. If you have a 55-man roster, everybody's active. What's the problem here? Oh, some teams have injuries. Okay, you have injuries. Work it out, you know. I, I would I would prefer a little bit more flexibility with the practice squad. We can bring somebody up, a player or two, for a week. Like, you know, it's an NBA 10-day kind of thing. Uh, you, you bring them up for a week. Do they still have those in the NBA? Uh, but you bring them up, and then you can send them back down. I, I would prefer a more protected practice squad. Not yeah. in, not totally protected, but a little bit more protection on the practice squad yeah. and the ability to bring guys up on game day uh, if you need them. I like that. Mm. I like that. I like the way you're thinking on that. Okay, last one. You just hit it. Onside kick alternative. Fourth and 15 from your own 25-yard line, you can use it once, only once, in the fourth quarter. Surprise onside or planned late game onside still exists, but you get one opportunity, fourth and 15 from your own 25-yard line. What's your gut reaction? Uh, I don't like this. I'm going to lose this battle. I don't like it at all. You know, they, they tried it in the Pro Bowl I think it's unfair. It's an unfair advantage for a trailing offense and a gassed defense. How many times have you yeah, seen a, good point. a team up two, three touchdowns? The other team is roaring back in so-called garbage time, or maybe it's not quite garbage time, but it's starting to reek a little bit. Uh, you know, it's getting a little stale. Uh, but they, they score a touchdown. Maybe they get an onside. They score another touchdown. You know, all of a sudden, the defense is gassed, right? Your defense yeah. that's worked so hard to protect the lead. And now you're going to give the opposing offense a free down on their 25 after they just scored a touchdown to keep things going? I got Pat Mahomes. I got Lamar Jackson. I got Deshaun Watson if I'm going against him. These guys can convert this. It's not a high percentage play. I get it. It's a lot higher percentage than an outside kick. And I know an outside kick, is it's gotten crazy. Maybe they do need to, to come up with something else. But uh, it's it's too much to give them the ball for another play. I think You're then they convert the that on fifteen. I'm shooting it down, Johnny. I'm going get off my lawn on the fourth and fifteen. <laughs> I mean, I could see if you were shooting that down if your quarterback was Mitch Trubisky, but your quarterback <laughs> is Deshaun Watson. You have an op- you have an opportunity. It's exciting. Opportunity. So it's going to happen. So it's ex- it's exciting, and I, I know the league wants it. I know a lot of people want this. Really. So. Yeah, I would be fine. I can't wait for that. I, I cannot know. wait for that. All wait, right, we're going to go around the league. Wait we're going to go around. Bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go around the league next. There is an, an adaption to the Rooney rule that Mark and I will discuss next right here on Texas All Access. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. Wendy Merciless, starting outside linebacker for your Houston Texans. For the latest on your favorite team in mind, go to HoustonTexans.com. Yes, sir. Listen to the man, Whitney Merciless. Pretty excited about seeing him come back in 2020 after signing late in the 2019 season, an extension to stay with the Texans, I believe, for the next four years. So looking forward to having Whit back in 2020. John Harris here, Mark Vandermeer there. Mark I don't, I don't know about you growing up watching NFL Today, but the NFL Today was such a great, great show. It was the first of its kind. Jimmy the Greek, Brent Musburger, Irv Cross, and Phyllis George, 
who was part of that crew. And it was interesting because growing up, I didn't even think anything of it at the time. I mean, I was a kid. I was just watching this show. I thought she was really good. I didn't understand the impact at the time that she had being a woman in a man's business. But unfortunately, Phyllis George passed away uh, yesterday, yeah, Sunday, uh, at the age of 70. I don't know how you, uh, whether you watch NFL Today growing up, whether that was of part of the viewing. But uh, your thoughts about Phyllis George as the pioneer that she was, being one of the first female media types in a male-dominated business, if you will. Well, it's an unfair world for women, sports broadcasting. It really is because you have to be extra perfect, for lack of a better way of putting it. I mean, seriously, if you make a mistake, uh, unfortunately, and it's not fair. What I'm about to say is I'm not saying it's fair, but there's extra scrutiny. It's like, oh, she didn't get that right because, like, what? Right. Like, how many guys talk about this game on a daily basis who never played it? who never played the game. So many, so many experts have never played football at any level, might have scraped it a little bit in school or whatever. Uh, And how how does that make you more qualified than Phyllis George or anybody else who has a real interest, follows it, studies it, and gets into it and loves it, right? So she was a pioneer. Gail Gardner is another one here in Houston, Anita Martini. Uh, you know, you have so many people who uh, who belong in a group of, of pioneers in, in women's sports broadcasting. And, you know, I just think it's important that, uh, you know, it continues. And you know, so so many different ways of getting into this business, sideline reporter or writer or whatever. And, yeah. I, you know, I hate to say it that way. You know, like we have female play-by-play. We have – I don't think we have female color yet quite. But, um, you know, color commentary tends to be guys who played – or coached or whatever, and I, I think that's fine. I mean, I, I, that that does make sense to me, that part of it. But she was an, an original, and she was great. That was a great show, John. Yeah, I mean, that was, was Brent. You are looking live. That was Jimmy the Greek. Irv Cross, highly underrated as well. It's a really watchable show. I mean, Jimmy the Greek talking about point spreads. Think about that, Mark. We're talking about the, the 1970s, yep. and he's talking about point spreads. And now it's back. And now it, you can do it again. And now you, now you can now you can do it again because you can actually yep. gamble. I just was rifling through Twitter during a break, and I saw Sean Pendergast tweeted a, a picture of I think it was at the Golden Nugget, but the the uh, plexiglass that's gone up at blackjack tables in in various places. And, Ooh. and yeah, and I just started thinking about man that this period of time with no live sports. How how has Sean made it? That was a, that's kind of the first thing that came to mind, and the second one was okay. Well, good. They've they've found a way to give people opportunity to do what I mean. Just look at the blackjack table. I was like, I'll go, I'll do it. I don't, I don't care. I got to sit behind plexiglass. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Heck yeah, I'll do it. Plenty of people are going to do it. It's not yeah. going to be as many, no doubt. But plenty of people will do it. it no plexiglass, plenty of people would do it, right? Yeah, man, uh, the, the whole thing is just not overtaxing the system, not overwhelming the medical system. It is not possible to think that no one's going to get this, that there yeah. won't be some positives throughout all this reopening stuff. But I think it's th- that's nice. That's good. I mean, we need as many things to open up as possible safely uh, yeah. to get us going again.
especially those that tap into uh, the dark arts in some sense for some dark people that, that need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked earlier about the virtual owners meetings that will take place starting tomorrow, tomorrow's the 19th. This from Tom Pelissaro. He reported Monday that the league will require clubs to interview at least two external minority candidates for head coaching openings and at least one minority candidate for any coordinator job per sources informed of the decision. These being uh, adaptations to the Rooney rule, which required minority candidates to be interviewed for head coaching openings, GM openings, and also coordinator openings. And now they are making adjustments to that. There was, there was something floating around that the league, I think Jim Trotter had said that uh, on Friday that the league was presenting two resolutions in these meetings that would include draft picks being yep. added. And I saw that mark and I went, oh, man, I, I don't know about that aspect. Mm-hmm. I like more what Tom Pelissero is saying, and that is, yep. hey, let's make sure that teams are interviewing more candidates but the draft picks, I went. Oh man, I don't know that. I, I don't know that I like that well, aspect of things. And a lot of people, uh, you know, people of color have said uh, no. You know, like yeah, Tony Dungy, exactly. And, and you know, so that they, you know, there are a lot of people weighing in on that that proposal or that would be proposal. I, look, I love that uh, you you open up your universe, right? You expand the amount of people you're talking to. And I can't speak for minorities, obviously, but I would think, mm-hmm. all right, great. At least, you know, even if they have their eyes on somebody else who's not a minority, but I get an interview, I get my name out there, maybe I've changed somebody's thinking about me, my qualifications, right? right. And uh, at least I'm getting, you know, I'm getting something here. I'm, I'm making some progress. I'm getting an interview. Maybe the next time the interview is, it results in a job. So, uh, as the more you can do, the better. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, no, no question. Eric Bieniemy is a guy that a lot of people talk about from a head coaching perspective. Um, that is going to have opportunities. He's going to get a job, John. He, he, he will. is definitely going to get a job. I'll it's give you another one. Time. I'll give you another one who is just a matter of time for getting a job. And I and I, look, I hope he's a defensive coordinator here for a very long time. Oh gosh, don't say it. But Bill O'Brien's going to get mad. All right, that's fine. He can get mad at me. He's always mad at me. NFL organization looking for a leader of men. Mm-hmm. Anthony Weaver is a guy that can lead men. Yeah. That that I know. That I know. Now, whether he calls a great defensive game or not, we're about to find out. But as a leader of men and a guy that I would want leading the men under my stead, Anthony Weaver would definitely be one of those guys. All right, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, again, for being part of the show, we we'll be just back started. Tomorrow. I know we, we just did. started. We Jeez. just got started, but it's the week. It's the week yep. getting started. We'll be back tomorrow. We got plenty tomorrow for you on Tuesday. Mark and I will definitely be here. Appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so very much. Thank you all for staying safe and continuing to be safe. We will see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio Six Ten.